Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Julia Silva, who is Program Manager at YouTube, focusing on diversity, equity and inclusion. Hi Julia, lovely to have you on the show. Hi, thank you for having me, excited to be here. So I guess we could start off with an introduction and the big question of the day is how did you do it and why should I care? Yeah, well, I always like to start this question by expressing like how I identify and like who I am as a person, um, because I think it's really important in in shaping my story, as you'll see as we as we continue to chat. But I am a first generation American. I'm the daughter of two immigrants. My mother is from Portugal. My dad is from Brazil. Uh, but I grew up in Florida and I was the first person in my family that was born here in the U.S. And that led to a really unique lived experience where I, I kind of never fit into one category. I was always feeling a bit othered and feeling like I didn't really belong. And that shaped my experience and to this day has led me down this path where I'm really passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion programs to help people like me who didn't necessarily see themselves, you know, working at a big company or working in a specific type of industry by just highlighting my own story and how every lived experience that I have has led me to where I am today. So I currently work, as you mentioned, as a program manager at YouTube, And I actually work specifically on the creator side of the house. And I just joined this team about a month ago, so it's still very new. But my role is really to work with the creator team, the marketing team, our partnerships team to create different programming and initiatives that aim to highlight different creator communities, uh, specifically communities from uh, underrepresented or marginalized backgrounds. So right now, really working on um, elevating Black voices and working on elevating different women creators. So it's really great that I confuse my passions with what I do in my day-to-day and also kind of as as a side hustle, if you were a side project that I'm working on is creating my own coaching business because I'm also very passionate about helping uh, women specifically who had an experience like mine where they didn't really fit or they didn't really understand like their purpose. My idea is to develop a program that helps women find their purpose in a really balanced way where you're infusing spiritual wellness components with professional and career advancement. So it's a little bit of a broad picture of of my experience. And yeah, I'm really, really grateful to be here and get to share more. That's awesome. And I loved hearing more about your story. It seems like you speak a lot from experience. And the reason why you do what you do is because you sort of live through these experiences and you want to see things change. So I guess what inspired you to join this industry? Yeah, well, it's funny. I never thought that I would work in tech, right? Like I work at YouTube, which is Google. And uh, I never thought that I would be in the tech industry because I didn't think that I had the qualifications, but I always knew I wanted to work at Google. And the reason for that was, you know, way back when, when I was in college, I had heard about the Google internship program. And I remember just wanting to be a part of it because to me, it's a company that leads in innovation and leads in creativity. And I, at the time I was studying communications and film studies. And I wanted to be more in a creative realm and to be able to work at a company like Google, where that to me is like the North star of being able to, to build and create, uh, that was always the goal. So it wasn't necessarily the tech industry, but it was, I wanted to be at Google. So I applied, you know, never heard back. And years and years later, I kind of had, had given up on, on the idea. Um, but I was actually, um, 
approached by a recruiter from Google on LinkedIn. And all of the experience that I had had up until that time really set myself, I had set myself up for success for when that opportunity did present itself. I was ready for it and I was able to, you know, get that dream job at Google, but it was definitely a non-traditional path, mm-hmm. right? Like I started my, my career uh, working in advertising. So I, I moved to New York. I was working at an advertising agency for a few years. Then I transitioned into sales and worked in sales for a bit. And that was actually how I was approached by Google was for a role that was in sales, uh, working with Brazilian markets, which was really interesting because it was like, you know, my Brazilian side, my skills in being able to speak Portuguese. And then that that sales experience was was fused and was the reason that I was even approached. Um, so I always say this to people, keep your LinkedIn up to date. You have no idea, you know, who's looking and who, you know, might reach out to you and then lead you into such an incredible experience. And now I've been at Google for um, a little over five years and it's been an incredible experience. That's awesome to hear. And it seems like when you were at college, you were kind of first exposed to this Google internship program. But once you had heard about it, what were the best resources that sort of helped you to achieve your goal? Yes. Oh, it's such a great question. Um, I think one is just having a really strong network and community of people behind you, like people who can help you with the interview process or someone that you can bounce ideas off of, or even um, help you, you know, build out your resume. I really, at the time, um, didn't know a lot. And I think it's again to that like lived experience of being like first gen and you're not as familiar with these these processes in life. And so having, I really spent a lot of time building out that network and building out that community um, of people that I knew would have my back and would be able to, to help me get to where I needed to go, but also vice versa, right? It's a mutual relationship. Um, Also having really strong mentors, I think is so important because to have someone who can share a bit of their wisdom, a bit of their experience with you and be that guiding light and that guiding force has put, played a huge role in my life. And also uh, another piece is sponsors, right? Like you may have heard this, the difference between mentors and sponsors. I think it's also really important to over time develop those relationships where folks are going to sponsor you and speak to your work and your experience when you're not there, Mm -hmm. when you're not in the room. So if an opportunity comes up, they already have you kind of top of mind and are able to, to like offer your value to whatever that opportunity is. Um, so those are, are really key resources. And it, it does take time. Like you really have to invest. You have to be intentional with uh, maintaining those types of relationships. But it's been huge. And then from from like a career standpoint, right? Like once I, I got to Google, um, community is something I'll talk about a lot, right? It's really important. And having those authentic connections has made such a difference. And we have employee resource groups, which are internal groups and communities of people who, you know, identify in certain ways. And you can, you know, bond, you can meet new people, you can, um, you know, again, make new connections based on things that you you may have, have experienced mutually. So for me, um, those different employee resource groups have been amazing. And also it's opportunity to show up as an ally in a group that maybe you don't identify with, but you want to support and you want to uplift. Um, so I guess like the general theme of this is like human connection. It's mm-hmm. a huge resource. Yeah. And following on from that, I'm sure you spoke to a lot of people before working at YouTube and, um, you know, you wanted to get a gauge of the situation and what the company was like, but were there any lessons that you wish you would have learned and something that slipped through the cracks that nobody told you about working in the DE and I field specifically? 
Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So in the DEI field specifically, I think what what I realized was you can work in this area if you're if you're passionate about it. And it's something that I for a long time didn't know if I was like an expert or if I was qualified enough because I didn't have, you know, a certificate or I didn't have um my education in diversity, equity, and inclusion. But I've always been really passionate about this topic, again, from my lived experience and also from just what I observed that I wanted to impact in a positive way. So like, I'll give you an example. When I worked in sales, I noticed that there weren't a lot of, you know, women in leadership positions. There weren't a lot of women like me who are maybe, you know, identified um, as a woman of color or like, you know, from an immigrant family. And that awareness made me realize, well, this is something I'm actually really interested in. And I have something to offer, uh, which is my time and my passion. So I actually got involved by participating in, you know, different initiatives like culture clubs or diversity councils, which isn't like your core role, but you're still able to to participate because you care and you want to move move the needle uh, towards progress. And then also there's this really great thing at Google that's called uh, 20% Project. So in addition to your core role, you can uh, work on a 20% project, which, which can be a passion project that you dedicate 20% of your time towards. So I, you know, about four years ago, uh, started working on a 20% project that was focused on helping women uh, learn the importance of self-promotion and self-advocacy. So really learning the skills of celebrating yourself and celebrating your accomplishments and being able to tell that story, not just in a professional context, but also in your personal life. And my experience working on that as a 20% project helped gain my confidence of being like, no, I am an expert. And I understand this because you're putting in the work, you're, you're, you know, doing the the readings, you're, you're doing the different workshops and facilitations that you need to, to become an expert. And that experience then led me to a full-time role where I was a diversity program specialist. And I specifically worked on creating the strategy for our talent outreach initiatives, uh, targeting historically marginalized and underrepresented communities in tech. So that's kind of the ripple effect, right? Like it started with a seed of I'm interested, I'm passionate because this is my lived experience and I want change. Then it led to, you know, investing some of my time towards becoming an expert. And then it's becoming that expert and being able to do that fully. And now, you know, advice that I offer is you can bring yourself and you can bring your passions to whatever it is that you do. It's just really taking that on and realizing if that is your purpose, then it will fall into place because that is how you're going to lead your life. If that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I just lead in this DEI focus and I try to bring that to every role that I, that I do. That is really awesome. And it's great to hear the work that you're doing. Thank um, you. So to continue, I guess, thinking about the span of your career, what would you say is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Mm, yeah, I, this is actually something that I recently have been really investing a lot of time is, is like, I failed in the past at setting boundaries Mm. and really like creating space and protecting my energy because when you're, you know, starting out, you really are putting everything in there. You want to show up, you want to show that you're, you know, accomplishing everything. You, you, you volunteer for everything. I was very much that person. I was, I'm extremely driven and working at a company like Google, you also, there's a sense of like, pressure, like you really want to perform and you really want to do well. Um, 
but it's not a sustainable way of thinking. And for a really long time, I was just going, going, going. And I was investing so much on the career and professional side, but not enough on my personal, you know, well-being, mental health, physical health. And, you know, over the last year with everything that's been happening, you know, with the pandemic, I think it was this great pause. It was this moment where all of the other things and distractions were no longer there. So you really had the the opportunity to go inward. And I went inward and I realized like, where do I feel off balance? Mm -hmm. And it was because I wasn't, again, I wasn't investing the time in myself. The only way that you can really, you know, offer your best and highest self is if you, you know, kind of prioritize and, and fill your own cup, right? You may have heard that before. And so not having boundaries was a huge failure in my past. And that's something that I now dedicate a lot of focus and attention is just being very mindful of what I can and can't do, not being afraid to say no, right? Mm -hmm. And really being intentional with what I'm putting my energy towards. So it's not like working harder, it's working smarter. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely learned that lesson. (laughs) And now I actually said my 2021 motto is boundaries. Good. No, I'm glad. And I'm glad you came to notice that very early in your career. So you weren't sort of so important. Yeah, for sure. Um, What advice would you then give to somebody who is willing to, you know, be in the field that you are? Yes. Um, Well, one is boundaries, right? Again, like save your space, save your energy, because this type of work can also Uh, be challenging because it's also a very, very hot topic, right? Like a lot of organizations and a lot of companies are are putting so much effort and resources towards making sure that they have equitable workplaces and equitable opportunities and and everyone feels belong, you know, like a sense of belonging and included. Um, And because it is an area of passion, like you can put a lot, I can put a lot of myself in that work. So creating a bit of a a separation is really important. Um, Also, you know, focus on, on the sphere of influence that you can control. This was actually some of the best advice I ever got from my first manager at Google, where there's always going to be things happening around you that are outside of your control. Always. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. So really, again, focusing on what it is that you have influence on what you can control, which is your, your mindset, your well-being, the way that you show up, um, what you put your energy towards, I, I think that will help lead you to to success, not just in terms of having balance in your in your work life, but in your personal life as well. Right. Where like they can't really be separated. It, you need to feel um, like a holistic sense of of being able to control what's in your sphere. Um I think, yeah, those are like the top things that come to mind that I, I wish I had known earlier on, but I'm like very aware of now and and always try to offer that as, as advice for folks who are, who are starting out. Yeah, that's amazing advice. And hopefully some of our listeners can also take this on as they're starting out in their career. Or yes. Even from one job to another, I think it's very relevant in that sense too. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It's like uh, we, we we need to be gentle with ourselves and kind to ourselves, right? And yeah, it's um, very easy to do that. Exactly. It, it is. It is. And I talk a lot about this with a, a lot of my colleagues and, and co-workers. Something that's come up with a, with with them a lot is like, oh, I just want to find balance. Mm. And it's like, ooh, okay. Like, let's dig into that. In what sense? And it's it's always been, you know, in personal life. It's like, I want to find more time for myself uh, because there's just so many driven, ambitious, and, and really intelligent people but they over-index on just like the career side. 
Mm-hmm. And to live a fulfilling life, you also need to make sure that your personal growth isn't going to the wayside. For sure, for sure. And thank you for bringing that up. Um, I guess my next question is kind of a controversial one, but what is one myth that you would like to debunk about your profession? Uh, kind of playing on to what I said before of like, I never thought I could work at Google um, because, I, you know, I'm not technical. Mm-hmm. Was this myth that like you have to be an engineer in order mm-hmm. to work in the tech industry? I think... Um, there's so many different roles and there's so many different careers that you can have from, you know, UX, like user experience to to product inclusion and design and sales and marketing. Uh, You know, there's so many things that you can do that's going to contribute to the industry. And I know that with tech, you know, historically it's been um, a rather like homogenous group who, who has worked in this field. And so it's really important that you do have those diverse backgrounds and diverse um, perspectives and different types of experience to continue to innovate and continue to be those really um, incredible organizations and industries that are paving the way for, for this like new paradigm that we're moving towards in the world. Um, so that's the myth. Like you don't have to be an engineer and you can have a non-traditional path just like I did and still, you know, land yourself in, in my industry. That's awesome to hear. And I'm sure you're very busy with work at the moment, but in your free time, what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? Yeah. So uh, actually, there was a talk recently that I watched um, with Matthew Walker. He He's a scientist and he focuses on, on the concept of sleep mm-hmm. and the importance of sleep for your well-being and just like how essential it is. It's like we know this, but a lot of times, you know, we kind of forget and we don't we don't treat sleep in the same way as we would like working out or our our eating habits or, Mm -hmm. you know, different things that we need to do to be at our maximum capacity. Um, And I loved the talk because it's such a great reminder. And I also have been trying to get more balanced myself. And one of the things that stood out was he said, it's super important to have a sleep routine, meaning every day, you go to sleep and you wake up at the same time Mm. and it'll allow you to perform better. You'll have more, more clarity of mind. You'll have more energy. And it's something for the last two months I've actually been doing. And I can tell you from firsthand experience that it really does make a difference. Having that kind of um, routine, your body just naturally wakes you up. I wake up at like six 30 every day, no alarm needed. And I have then time prior to working for myself. Mm. So going back to what I said around like, wellness and and carving out time for yourself by having these types of sleep routines you can actually then give yourself more time so I do mindful mornings where I I meditate I go on a walk so that I kind of have like a mini commute so I'm not going straight from bed to desk right um you you know you have time to to stretch or, or do whatever it is that makes you feel good and ready for the day and it really it's just completely changed um like my life and 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 really my outlook on life because I'm not as tired all the time. So mm. huge fan, Matthew Walker. He has a TED talk actually from 2019. Highly recommend it um, because it's it's a simple concept, right? And it's very, very practical and it can change your life. I might as well need to try that out. Actually, yes. very handy. Look into <laughs> it. Um, and I was also wondering who are three people in your life who have been the most influential to you? It seems like you've been surrounded by such a great network of people. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean... 
I have to say, first and foremost, my parents, mm. because really without them, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, you know, my mother, she's a doctor, she's a pediatrician, and she was such an example of like a strong woman in like a leadership position that I always had as a role model and shaped really who I am and shaped the work that I do around helping uplift women and empower women to like live in their light and, and be their best and truest self. Um, so my mom is just a huge inspiration. And my dad also, like his story is incredible. He, uh, you know, was born and raised in Brazil. He met my mother and then moved to the U.S. to be with her and didn't speak English. He learned English at the age of 24 while going to, to night school and finishing his master's here in, in the U.S. and like completely, you know, changed his life and all, you know, everything that they did created more opportunity for me. So they are my greatest inspiration always. Um, and also like someone, you know, who's very top of mind for me right now is my, my partner, my fiance. He, he inspires me to want to continue to be my best self and continue to grow because he creates that space for me to do so. Right. We're, we're both very passionate about constantly growing and learning and being the best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. And it's really important to have that. Again, it, it's back to that kind of support and, and community. Um, it has to start with your closest sphere. And yeah. then it's that ripple effect that continues outwards. So those are my my top three inspirations. That's awesome. And then finally, to wrap up our conversation, at any point in your life, is there one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself? Hmm. Yes, be patient. Uh, be patient because there's definitely, you know, sometimes we may get into these patterns of thinking that you have to achieve something at a certain point in your life and we can fall into this comparative trap of, of, of seeing what others are doing and, and maybe questioning ourselves. And it's like, have, have faith in yourself, know your value, really, really know your value and know your worth um, is a really, really important piece. And I, I think that more and more people are starting to, to realize that, but it makes such a difference because when you know what you can offer to the table, um, and you show up in your most authentic way and others can see that it gives them permission to also want to do the same, right? So by you being your truest authentic self, it can inspire someone else to do the same. And we all like elevate each other. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my piece of advice. What a lovely note to end on. Thank you so much, Julia, for taking the time to speak with me today. I loved hearing more about your story and also just more about what makes you tick and all of the great advice that you gave. Thank you, Leila. Yeah, this was amazing. I really appreciate that you 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 know hold this space. I think it's so important to be able to to share our stories and you never know who it might inspire. And so thank you again for having me. So grateful to be here and have a wonderful rest of your day. Of course, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.